everyone and welcome or welcome back to Scottish and Scared. I'm Stephanie and I will be telling you some strange and unusual tales from the place I call home, Scotland. Before we get into it, I would like to ask everyone listening to send in their strange or unusual experiences. They do not have to have taken place in Scotland or even relate to it. If you have any requests for future episodes or you just fancy a wee gab, then please do not hesitate to get in touch. You can send us an email at scottishandscared at gmail.com and you can also follow us on Instagram at scottishandscaredpod. Lastly, if you wouldn't mind, please rate, review and share the show wherever you may be listening to it. It really does help us out a bunch and a massive thank you to everyone who already has. Now, let's get into it. Hello everyone, I hope that you have all had a great week. If you haven't, at least it's Friday. Tonight's episode is going to be something a wee bit different. It's something I've been wanting to do for a very long time, but I've just kind of not had the opportunity to sit down and speak to the people that I wanted to about it. For the past couple of months, I've been collecting ghost stories from my entire family. I had received a few messages from you lovely people telling me about how much you enjoyed it when I mentioned like members, certain members of my family. So that's basically what this entire episode is going to be about. If you have absolutely no interest in hearing about my personal life, my family or any of their stories, then this probably isn't one for you. But please stay tuned because I'm pretty sure that there will be an episode in the near future that you would enjoy. So if you've been listening to this show since the beginning, you've probably heard me talk a wee bit about my family. If you haven't, then I'm just going to give you a wee brief little background so that you kind of understand why I'm doing this episode. So I come from a very superstitious and kind of spiritual family, you could say. We all believe in ghosts, we all believe in the strange and unusual, so nothing was ever off limits to me growing up. I could always ask about ghosts, aliens, fairies, cryptids, you name it. If I saw something strange, I could tell my dad or my grandparents and nobody ever thought that I was nuts or, you know, that I needed help or anything like that. Um, Everybody was very understanding. There was always a conversation. It was never weird. I know that sometimes if you're into like the paranormal or UFOs, cryptids or that kind of thing, people, some people can look at you as though you're like, you, you need help, like you're you're a bit mad. But I was lucky enough to never have that feeling growing up, which I'm very grateful for. Throughout my life, which isn't that long, it is a measly 28 years, I have had an outstanding number of what I would class as paranormal experiences or just out of the ordinary. They could have an episode all of their own but I thought that it would be fun to just go around my entire family and ask them what their scariest or strangest experiences was. Um, It doesn't have to be ghosts, it could be aliens or cryptids or just strange things that they can't explain. So that is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to tell you some of their stories and I'm going to try my hardest to do them justice but I will start with one of mine. Before I start, I just want to say that I completely understand that some of these things that I'm about to say might sound cheesy, they might make you cringe, um, and there might even be a perfectly logical explanation for some of these stories, but it is what it is, um, and I'm still going to tell them. So my story, I'm not entirely sure if I've told this on the podcast before. I know I definitely talked about it when I was on the Unexplained Ink podcast, so if you would like to know more about me or anything like that or just more about the show then go give that episode to listen on the unexplained ink podcast it was a great time um i love talking to phil so yeah go check that out anywho so this happened to me about six or seven years ago and the reason that i'm telling 
this one specifically is because it is one of those ones that really freaked me out and I don't have an explanation for it. I don't really have any sort of logical sense that I can make of it. So that's why I'm sharing it. So like I said, about six or seven years ago, my great-grandpa, he was in his 90s then, he was a very nice man, um, I have a lot of happy memories with him, but he suffered from Alzheimer's uh, in his late 80s, and it got progressively worse. If you've had a family member with this disease, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It starts off small and it progressively just gets worse and worse and worse, and it, it is really horrible to have a family member with this disease because you know their memory is not the same sometimes they forget family members completely so it's not a nice disease to have to deal with but during that time he became very very sick and he had to be admitted to hospital I went to visit him with my nan and grandpa the day that he was admitted and it was just a very odd experience Um, he wasn't able to talk to me and to this day, we don't really know why he lost his voice, but he just was completely unable to speak. When I got there, I was a little bit apprehensive because I was really terrified that he wasn't going to know who I was. He was just going to be like, and that's just not a nice feeling to have somebody that you love not know who you are. So when I was going in, I was very apprehensive. I was a bit nervous. But when I got in and I seen him, he just had the biggest smile on his face as soon as he seen me. And he just kept pointing at me, like like he knew exactly who I was. And he wasn't able to speak, so he just kept pointing at me and then kind of looking at my nana as if, oh, it's, it's Stephanie. And my nana would say to him, like, yeah, yeah, dad, that's Stephanie, that's Stephanie. So that kind of gave me some sort of comfort. Even though I don't know if he did know who I was, he was just smiling at me. But in my head, it just kind of confirmed that he knew who I was and it gave me a wee tiny bit of comfort. So that night when I went home, I went to bed, I had a dream that my entire family were in a house. It's a house that I've never been in and I've never been in to this day. And we were all dressed in black and everyone was very upset. Everybody was kind of moping around. And I was standing in the kitchen of this house. And out of the corner of my eye, I seen this man standing in the front garden and he was also dressed completely in black uh, and I wasn't able to see his face. So my dad walked into the kitchen and kind of put his hand on my shoulder and was just asking me if I was okay, and I was just like, Dad, there's like a weird man standing in the garden, and he was like, Stephanie, there is absolutely nobody standing there, and he was looking out into the garden, and he just was unable to see this person. So in the dream, I was very confused, and when I turned around to say to my dad, like, no, there's somebody there, my dad was gone, and the man from the garden was standing in front of me, and I still wasn't able to see his face, but he put his hand on my shoulder, and he kind of squeezed it, And he told me that I didn't have to worry about anything and that everything was going to be okay. And in the dream, I kind of just felt this massive feeling of relief and comfort. That's really the only way I can describe it. But the next morning when I woke up, I remembered like every single detail of this dream. And I just thought it was just like a wee bit odd. The dream that I had, it was just just a wee bit strange. My phone, which is usually not too far from my hand, it went completely missing. I couldn't find it anywhere. I searched high and low, but I just, I physically couldn't find it. So I just kind of left it at that and I went outside into the garden to drink my coffee in the sun. And I looked down at the ground and I just saw this tiny wooden cross sitting on the ground, like by my feet on the grass. Now important to note, 
I am not a religious person in any way, shape or form. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any religion. Um, nothing against those that do. That That's you, you do you. But it's just something that I've never been interested in. It's not something I've ever believed in. So this tiny wee wooden cross is just like sitting on the ground by my feet. And I just looked at it, thought, again, that's a bit odd. And went inside and never thought anything about it. Never gave it a second thought and that was that. I walked over to the counter where I had just made a coffee and on the counter my phone was just sitting there, just chilling as if, you know, as if it had been there the whole time, which obviously it wasn't. And the screen started to light up, you know, when you get like a text message or a phone call, your screen lights up. The screen just started to light up constantly. So I panicked and looked at the screen and I had like 40 missed calls and I had like 60 messages. So immediately I started panicking because you would just panic thinking something had happened and when I opened my phone and checked it was all of the text messages and the phone calls were just like my dad my nana and my grandpa and my aunties basically trying to get a hold of me to tell me that my grandpa had actually deteriorated during the night like really really drastically and that the doctors had basically asked the closest family members to come to the hospital and say their last goodbyes but because my phone had went missing I wasn't able to be there when he died. Um, I was the only family member who wasn't there when it happened, so I was a bit gutted about that. And once I'd been to the hospital, eventually seen my grandpa, said my goodbyes, and that was that. I sat down with my nana and I told her about the dream that I'd had because I was mega freaked. Like when I actually sat down and thought about what happened in the dream and what was said to me, it, it kind of freaked me out. So I, I told my nana. And she told me that it was an angel who had come to see me and they had come to comfort me because they knew that I was going to be the only one who never got to say goodbye and that my phone going missing was basically a blessing in disguise because she actually didn't want me to see my grandpa in that way. She wanted me to remember him the way that he was and today I'm glad that I never got to see him that way and that I just remember all the good memories. So yeah, it... it, (sighs) It was one of those things that really, really freaked me out because I didn't know if I had had like a premonition or like my nana said, like it was a message from something somewhere as like a comfort to just let me know that even though I wasn't there or even though I wasn't present, everything was going to be okay, like everything was fine or if my brain was just having a trauma reaction from thinking that my grandpa was really really sick and just created this dream about it I don't I honestly don't know but I just the whole thing was freaky and then the fact that I seen that wooden cross in my garden was really really weird um like I said I'm not religious so I don't really understand the significance of that but it was just odd it was just a series of events it was just very very odd I also have a lot of stories about the night of my grandpa's funeral because in my family all the women spend the night in the house with the body before the funeral. I don't know if that's something that some of you guys might do in your family, but that's how we do it. We have, like, the the body comes to the house, um, everybody gets to go in and say what they need to say, final goodbyes, all that kind of stuff, and then the women in our family stay overnight in the house. Uh, yeah, I have so many stories from that night that are, like, so funny and so weird that I'm happy to share with you guys if that's something that you want to hear. But I'll save them for another time because I really want to tell some other stories from other people. I don't just want to talk about me all the time. So I will definitely save them for another time. 
So moving on to my wonderful Nana Anne, who I just briefly spoke about there. And she actually had two stories that she shared with me. So I'm going to tell both of them today. So my Nana worked as an auxiliary nurse in the Glasgow Royal Infirmary, which is like the most popular hospital here in Glasgow City Centre. She worked there in the late 80s, early 90s, so a, a long time ago. And then she retired due to health conditions not too long after I was born. But in the time that she worked there, she seen so many things that were just weird and unusual. So like I said, I'm not going to tell you all the stories she's told me, but I have just picked two from the many that she told me. Just a wee signal as well, this hospital used to have like an oddities part of the building. It was kind of like a museum where they would showcase babies who who were born with deformities, such as like two heads, three legs, that kind of thing, and medical anomalies, all that kind of thing. Uh, And this was decades and decades ago. It is no longer there. It was all moved to Kelvin Grove to be displayed, where you can actually still see it today. But my nana used to tell me stories about the cellar of the hospital, and she would tell me that there were still displays down there in the dark, which absolutely terrified me growing up, because I just had this vision of, like, a dark cellar with, like, these little oddities and jars and, like, the, the light shining through them. I don't know why it really, really freaked me out, but that has since been debunked because my brother's father actually works in the hospital as a security guard and he said that that's actually not true. They're not in there anymore, so that kind of wrecked the fantasy for me. So my nana used to work in various different wards, but she has this. She had this specific ward that had one room that was, that was to be used for patients who had passed on to give families a chance to say goodbye to the body before it was moved to the morgue. Now, there was a period of time prior to this where the room was just used for living patients due to capacity issues. And a lady that had been put in this room to be treated, on the first night that she was in there, she woke up hysterically screaming about a man standing over her and trying to hurt her in her sleep. My nana managed to calm the woman down and kind of just chill her out. And they all just kind of put it down to the medication that the lady was on, that maybe she was having hallucinations, that kind of thing. But the following day, that lady actually passed away under, like, really strange conditions, really strange circumstances. But they didn't really think much of it. That was until the following week, another female patient was placed into the room and, once again, woke up in the middle of the night hysterically screaming and crying, saying that there was a man in the room who was trying to hurt her in her sleep. The exact same story as the other lady. My nana being the superstitious lady that she is, She started to think that maybe something was going on inside this room that was a bit out of the ordinary. So she calmed the woman down and she sat at her bedside and she spoke to her and she tried to get her to tell her, like, can you describe the man? Can you tell me what he looks like? Can you tell me what he was wearing? All that kind of thing. But the woman told her that she couldn't make out any defining features and that the man was almost like a shadow, but that he had this horrible, evil feeling radiating from him. So that in itself is absolutely terrifying and my nana was just like so scared to leave the lady that she sat with her the entire night and just held her hand, made sure she was calm, made sure that she got a good night's sleep and then left her in the morning Uh, and later on that day that woman in that room died of strange circumstances. This is not made up, this is a real story. And I also spoke to my nana's friends who worked in the hospital with her at the time and they confirmed everything that she said. There might be a completely plausible explanation for that, but it's weird. So this happened a couple of times before the hospital decided to stop 
placing people in the room for treatment. And they essentially decided to turn the room into a room for patients that had already passed on. And she said that she didn't know if this was because they thought that the room was a jinx or it was just normal hospital practice. But she did say that after they changed it, nothing like that ever happened on the ward again. It just seemed to be very specific to that room. So what do you think of that one? That could be... Hmm, I don't know what that could be. You could put it down to hallucinations, but two patients in the same room seeing the same thing on two separate occasions and then dying the next day. I think that's really, really weird. How could you, like, logically explain that? On another occasion, uh, she was actually working on a ward that was closing down. They had moved all the beds out and there were basically just curtains and a nurse desk left. The last night that she was working on the desk was the night before they closed it. And her and her friend were just sitting at the desk, doing what they had to do, get through the night. But, like, halfway through the night, they saw one of the curtains kind of blow up in the air as though there was like this huge gust of wind just come straight just come straight through but it was only this one curtain that blew the rest of them were not even moved like didn't move an inch so both of them kind of looked at one another as though did you see what i just seen and then from the other side of the ward they heard a tap go on and water starting to run at this point the both of them were starting to get very very freaked out but my nana got up and went over to where the sound was coming from and saw that there was actually a sink in the corner and that the cold water tap was running. She turned it off and waited a few minutes just to see if anything else would happen or if the tap would come back on, but it didn't. So she went all the way back to the nursing station, sat down, and about a minute or two later, the tap turned itself back on. They both kind of looked at each other once again and my nana said that she would turn it off again, but if it went if it turned itself back on one more time, that they were leaving. So off she went. She went all the way back over to the other side of the ward, turned off the tap, stood for a few minutes just to make sure it wouldn't come back on. It didn't. Went back to the nurse's desk, sat down. They both waited a few minutes, but nothing happened. So they kind of just went back to normal, thinking it was just one of those weird things that happened. And that was that. But then they heard footsteps come from the corridor leading into the ward. They heard the door slightly creak. The footsteps walked in and they were quite understandably expecting a human being to walk in to tell them that they were to take their break or whatever it was. But nobody was there. The footsteps continued to walk past them, past the desk, and nobody was there. To the other side of the ward where the sink was and the tap came back on. They both looked at one another in complete horror grabbed their stuff and left and that was the last time that they were ever in that ward and it is now closed to this day. The hospital, This hospital is still very much up and running but there is like a new building and then there's like the old building. If you've ever been to the Royal Infirmary you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Even to just look at it you would visibly be able to see where the new and old parts of that building are. It's very very obvious. One thing that used to always freak me out was If you look at the old building at night, you can see, like, all the lights on in the wards and whatever. But you can see, like, entire floors of wards where the lights are out. And you can just see, like, the curtains hanging from, like, the ceiling. You know, like, the privacy curtains that you get in hospitals. You can see the curtains hanging from the ceiling. And there's just, like, it's just abandoned. And that just gives me the absolute heebie-jeebies. Anytime that I have ever been in that hospital, I always get paranoid like sleeping and just anything, just being in there, it really does, it gives me the heebie-jeebies and makes me feel just paranoid. 
Moving on to my Uncle John, who again is a very nice man and very trustworthy. But right now he is in his 70s and this happened to him when he was in his early 20s. So this was a long, long time ago. So one night Uncle John and his friend were out in Glasgow and they were walking home from a night out. And they decided to take a shortcut through some like farmland. There were fields and trees, all that kind of stuff. And they were just walking through, chatting, talking about the night that they had, having fun. And it began to rain. And the rain, he described it as the skies opening up. It was a complete torrential downpour. So they obviously started to run through this field, trying to get to the other side as fast as possible. And as they were running to the fence on the other side of the field, my uncle actually noticed that there was a little girl standing by the fence. And she was just completely drenched. And she was tiny and she was just standing there. Obviously, my uncle was very concerned that this little girl was lost and she was just kind of standing there on her own. So he ran over to her and he asked her if she was okay, if she was lost. And the little girl didn't really react to him at all. But what she did do was she moved off of the ground and levitated to the other side of the fence a couple of yards away from Uncle John and his friend. Obviously, the both of them looked at one another completely in shock and you know when you give someone that look and they look at you and you basically confirm to each other that you did see what you just seen that's basically the look that they gave one another at this point my uncle was obviously a wee bit scared but he was still under the impression that this was a little girl and that she was lost and she was standing in the middle of a field in the middle of a downpour and he had to get her to safety basically so he told his friend to go and stand at the other side of the fence and he would go and speak to the little girl and if she had if she moved again then obviously he would be at the other side of the fence so my uncle went over to the little girl and he asked her where is your mum are you lost and once again the little girl just didn't react and moved all the way to the other side of the fence so at this point they really started to become mega freaked because she wasn't like walking she was levitating that's how my uncle described it like she literally just moved as though somebody just pushed her all the way to the other side of the fence and at that point, the two of them kind of got bad vibes and they just decided to leg it, leave. And they ran all the way home and when they got back, they told my aunt what had happened. And she actually still remembers this story as well because I asked her about it. I don't know about you guys, but when I hear stories about kids, it freaks me out because I always think that it's not a kid. Like, it's something pretending to be a kid to, like, lure you in so that you, like... Because obviously, most people see a child out in the middle of a field or on a road or something like that, your instinct is to protect them, to ask them if they're okay, to get them back to their missing parents. So, like, I always feel like there's, like, bad things out there who try to take, like, the form of a child to kind of lure good people in and then take advantage, and that really scares me. So, moving on to my dad, my best friend. He also has a bunch of stories just like me. But he specifically wanted me to tell this story and I get the feeling it's just because he wants me to be embarrassed about it. So I'll tell it. Uh, I think I I have mentioned this before briefly on the show, uh, just as like a passing thing. But I'm just going to retell it anyway. So one night my dad was at my house watching the football with my sister. And I had had a very stressful day at work that day. So my sister ran me like a nice bath. She lit some candles, put some bath salts, all that kind of stuff. And then she left to go back home. So it was just me and my dad at home. Um, perfectly normal, nothing out of the ordinary. I went into the bath and at the time our bathroom door didn't lock like from the inside. It was just weird. But I had to basically tell my dad that I was in there so he wouldn't just walk in. 
Um, so that was all food. All, that was all good. Told him everything was fine. So from my dad's point of view, he says that he was sitting watching the football and that I walked into the room and was talking to him about, he doesn't remember now, but just some random stuff. And he was talking back and that was fine. And then I walked back out of the room and that was that. He didn't, he literally didn't think anything of it. He then got up and proceeded to go, to come to the bathroom thinking that I was out of the bathroom because he had just had a full-blown conversation with me and he opened the door of the bathroom and luckily I was out of the bath and I was standing my towel around me at the mirror brushing my teeth or something but when he opened the door like he was like visibly shocked like as if oh my like Jesus Christ and then he slammed the door shut I was kind of standing there confused because I was like I literally just told you like 20 minutes ago that I was coming in here so why do you look so shocked so when I went outside and like got dressed and stuff, I went I went in and I was like, Dad, what the hell? Like, why did you do that? And he explained to me that he had just had a full-blown conversation with me and that's why he came into the bathroom thinking that I was done in the bath and whatever. And the strange thing is, when I was in the bath, I could hear him having a conversation, but I just assumed that he was on the phone or something like that. I'd, why would I think anything else? So yeah, that was a really, really odd one. So yeah, that was a that was an odd one because it wasn't like he heard footsteps come into the room and leave. He physically and he swears up and down like he swore in my life like he he had a conversation with me in that room. So it's not like he's seen a ghost or like somebody didn't know or he just heard footsteps in the room and assumed it was me. He physically saw me when I was in a completely different room and had a conversation. So I don't know what that is. That's pretty weird to me. Feels pretty bad vibes to me. I don't know why. But yeah, that's that was the story that he wanted me to tell. I don't live in that house anymore though, so I'm kinda like not that not that phased by it anymore. And like things like that would happen all the time in that house. I don't live in that house anywhere. I don't live in that house anymore, but that was like a common thing that used to happen in that house. Like when people were over, they would swear that they just seen like somebody walk in my room or walk into the kitchen or walk into the living room and there was literally nobody there but it was a full-blown person it wasn't like an apparition or a shadow it was an actual person walking from one room to the other and you would hear them you would hear walking from one room to another so I like convinced myself that there was somebody living um in the attic I had convinced myself that somebody was living in my ceiling and that they were coming out when I was in bed or they were coming out like when they thought nobody was in the house and I full blown believed it, but as like like I said, I don't I don't live in that house anymore. So, um, yeah, I don't really worry about it that much anymore. So the next things I'm going to mention aren't really ghost stories. They're more just like things that used to freak me and my cousins out. Um, like little stories that people used to tell us to freak us out, all that kind of thing. And I'm sure that you all have things like this in your family that you all kind of sit and laugh about now that you're older. But I absolutely petrified you as kids. So my great auntie Jean, she was. <laughs> she was an amazing person she had polio when she was a child and had to live her life in a wheelchair because of it but honestly the woman never ever complained about it not in my lifetime anyway or let it hold her back she literally did everything that she wanted to do she was always laughing and making us laugh but sadly she did pass away just at the start of the pandemic she was diagnosed with lung cancer and she did sadly pass away a couple of months later. The house that she lived in was one of those houses that is like in your family for generations. And it's kind of like the little hub that everybody just goes to. I mean, I grew up in that house and my cousins, we always had the best time. 
and there are so many photographs of us in the house and in the garden and it was just kind of a place where we all went that made us feel like we were home. But there is one thing that we all had in common. We absolutely hated being there at night. There was just something about our house that when the sun went down, it just, there was just, it's just terrifying and we actually don't know what it was or why we felt like that or there was no reason for it. We just, we just hated that house at night and we would never stay overnight and if we did, we didn't sleep. Like we would stay up the entire night and watch TV, put the light on. It was just so strange because during the day, it was such a homey environment, it was safe we had such a fantastic time, but then as soon as the lights went out and it was night time, it was such a scary house to be in and we just don't know why. And there was a point in her living room where if you sat at a certain angle, you could kind of see like our hallway out of the corner of your eye. And every single time somebody sat in that, that position, it didn't matter who it was, it, it, literally every single person in my family has had this experience. But if you sat in this spot, you would always see something out of the corner of your eye like walk down the hallway and it was something that we all shared and we'd all seen so it was kind of just like something that happened and we, we really didn't talk about it much but I remember the first time that I noticed it I was sitting there and I was talking to my auntie and we were just talking about a lot of shit and I kind of turned my head because I saw something out the corner of my eye and when I turned my head my auntie started laughing and she asked me did you see it she said did you see it so obviously she had seen it and she knew exactly what I was looking at and then I was kind of like, wow, like I actually did see something. Like I'm not just paranoid or crazy. There is genuinely something there. So yeah, if you ask any of my cousins, they'll tell you the same thing. Like every single time you would sit there, you would just see this thing. And it was like a black shape. It wasn't a, it wasn't a person shape. It was just a shape. And it would just move through the hall and it would just catch your eye. Manny, she would always tell us that it was her Uncle Sam and he was her husband who passed away just before I was born so sadly I never got to meet him. Manny used to tell me that he would, that I would have got along with him like really really well because he was super into the occult and he was in like what, into like what would be classed as like darker things to normal people uh, which is right up my street so. So yeah I used to always like think like what if there's like something in the loft that uncle sam had because he was so into the occult and stuff that's like super evil or weird or has a ghost attached to it and it's just sitting there in the loft and we don't know about it i know that's like super paranoid but that's just something i used to think about when i was small but yeah if anything ever happened in the house that was kind of weird or whatever strange she would just blame it on uncle sam and just say it was uncle sam that was doing it but do any of you guys have like a house like that in your family where it's like the hub of the family like everybody goes there and you always like get good food and you all like laugh and have a good time but strange things always seem to happen when you're there and it's just like one of those things that your family like talk about and laugh at now I mean this house is no longer in my family due to my auntie passing it was sold but I'll always have those memories of it I think we, we all will have those memories of it and I would be absolutely remiss if I did not at least mention my great uncle Tom. I have spoken about this man so many times on this show before and you're probably sick of hearing about him. But he is the reason that I do this show in the first place and he's the reason I am the way I am in terms of my taste in music, my love for horror movies and books and just enjoying things in life that most normal people would find strange or weird or dark. So when I was a kid I used to sleep over at my great auntie and uncle's house almost every single weekend and the first horror movie I ever saw was 
American Werewolf in London by John Landis and it was my Uncle Tom that showed me it and it just had me in complete awe and that was kind of when I started to explore horror a wee bit more. I started reading a lot of horror books, I started watching a lot of old horror movies and that's kind of what sparked my love for horror was that movie and it all began with my uncle and bear in mind that this time I was like eight or nine, like I was, I was very, very, very young, probably too young to be seeing some of the things I was seeing, reading some of the things I was reading, but I was just so intrigued that I could not get enough of it, like I had to see, I had to see loads and loads. At the time, when we were having these sleepovers and whatever, my uncle actually had a latex mask that was supposed to look like the werewolf from the movie, and he used to use it to scare us all the time. My auntie and uncle used to let us camp a lot. Like, they've got a... They they own a house and, like, they've got a big garden and stuff. So they used to let me, my sister, and my cousin camp in the garden. But every single time that we would camp in the garden, we would be nice and settled. Everybody would be ready to go to sleep. And my uncle would appear at the side of the tent with a mask on. And he would be, like, scratching the side of the tent and acting like a werewolf and like howling and growling and you can imagine like three little girls we would just go running out of that tent with our wee jammies on and the house screaming and my aunt into my auntie's arms and she'd be like it's okay and she'd be laughing at us because it is really really silly but it's just one of those things it's just like it gives it's such a such a happy memory and it gives me such a cozy feeling and I know that sounds really weird because it's scary and, it, and some people might think that's cruel to do that to wee girls but we absolutely loved it like we thought it was such it was the best thing ever like being scared and we loved being scared another incident that we had with the mask and again i'm not sure if i've spoken about this before but i'll just retell it anyway um my uncle had the mask and one night when we were staying over we had all had our baths and our showers and they were just getting ready to go to bed and everybody was drying their hair and whatever and my uncle had fallen asleep and I put that in quotation marks. Falling asleep downstairs, like on the chair, watching like Strictly Come Dancing or something on a Saturday night. So we were all upstairs, like getting ready and what have you. And he was, we well, what we thought he was downstairs sleeping. We went downstairs, and my auntie was like, "We have to go to the shed and get." We had like sleeping bags and all that kind of stuff that we'd use to sleep on the floor when we stayed over. She was like, "We have to go out and get the sleeping bags and the mattresses and stuff." So we were like, okay, let's go. So us three again, little girls, and my aunt went out into the back garden to go to the shed. And during this time, my uncle had gotten up. He had been pretending to sleep this entire time. This is the dedication that this man has to a prank. He pretended to sleep. He got up when we left the house. He got the mask from under the stairs. He went out the front door. So the way that you could... The way that their house is, you can walk around from the front to the back, like round the cul-de-sac kind of thing. So he put this mask on. Bear in mind that he put the mask on before he walked around. So he's walking around this cul-de-sac and it's a busy cul-de-sac. Like there's loads of houses with this mask on in the middle of the night. He walks around all the way to the back and he and then he like hides behind the fence so we can't see him just where the, the shed is. And we opened the shed and we were getting stuff out. And he waited until we were like very close to the gate and then he jumped out from the side and was like, like just making werewolf noises and shouting. I mean, obviously the three of us were completely terrified and me and my sister completely froze and didn't move. We literally just stood frozen and my cousin, she ran like she bolted. She was off all the way to the house. 
and my auntie just couldn't stop laughing because obviously she knew it was my uncle. She was in absolute hysterics, almost wet herself, and we were just absolutely frozen in fear. But when we realised that it was Uncle Tom and you know all that, it was just again, it's one of those times. It's just like so funny to talk about it now, and it's just one of those memories that makes me smile. Like when I'm telling this right now, I'm I have the biggest smile on my face because it's just it makes me feel so happy. But he still does it to this day, even though I'm 28. Like. He tells me these stories as if, like, I'm five and he thinks I'm going to believe them. But I still listen to them, like, pure intrigued and take everything in. But he, and then he, he, he'll laugh after it and do, like, wee smiles, thinking that he's, like, scared me. So it's like, yeah, I think I spoke about it on last week's episode. Storytelling is just something that I grew up with and that I absolutely adore and love. And I have so many nice memories and good memories of different stories that my family have told me and all that kind of stuff and it's kind of sad that we don't really do that anymore like people don't tell their kids stories and um yeah it's really something that I want to do with my kids like I'm not saying I'll buy a latex werewolf mask and scare the shit out of them but I really want to open them up to things that other people might find weird or dark or strange I find beauty in things that are dark and strange or out of the ordinary I find them beautiful and I really want my kids to be the same way. I want them to see think all things as beautiful, not just certain things that they should find beautiful. And storytelling and horror and all that kind of stuff is 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 one of those things that I want them to be very open minded. Yeah, it's something that I want to carry on with my family. And that's where I'm going to leave it for today, people. Like I said, I have so many stories I could tell you, but I don't. I didn't want to bore you too much with too many different things. If you would like to hear the other stories that I have, because, like I said, I spoke to every single one of my family members. I recorded them all. I took down all their stories. Um, so I do have a lot, but I just didn't want to bombard you with them all. But if you would like me to do, like, a part two to this, I can certainly do that. So just let me know. I also would like to turn this into, like, a regular thing. Maybe, like, once a month I could tell listener stories. So if you have any that you would like me to share, then please send them on to me. I would be happy to do so. It doesn't have to be a ghost story, like I just told you there. It could be about a house that you grew up in, or it could be, you know, pranks that you used to play on each other, or just things that scared you, just things that made you think that there could be other things out there we don't understand. If you have anything like that, please send it on to me, because I would love to do a listener's episode maybe once a month. That would be great. I hope I haven't bored you too much. And with that, I will let you go. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. I will certainly be out for drinks tonight. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and I will see you all in the next one. Stay weird, stay scared. Bye guys. (laughs)